Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi everyone, welcome to Adventures in Autism episode 51. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. If you have been listening, thank you so much for coming back to listen, for supporting the podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has written messages and reviews. I love hearing from you guys. It's amazing. Every week I'm just hearing from more and more listeners all around the world. I was talking to someone from the UK the other day and it's just so cool that that the podcast is is reaching so many people and really resonating with listeners and helping along this crazy journey, at times crazy journey. Um, today's episode I am super excited about. I have an autism dad coming on the pod. Haven't had too many autism dads, so I'm super Super excited. James had reached out to me a few months back at this point, and he was just a listener to the podcast, and he was like, I know you want more dad, so I'm coming on the pod. <laughs> so that was awesome, and we had a really great conversation, just really fun and lighthearted, but also very sincere and heartfelt, which I think everybody will really appreciate who listens to this. I do want to say we had a little a little hiccup with our opening on the audio. So I cut out a bunch of it. So we just kind of jump right into the conversation. But basically, all I had said was, you know, welcoming James and just saying that we had how we had connected. Um, And James has a little boy named Alex. So he talks about his journey with Alex and just their their family dynamic. I want to give a a shout out real quick to his wife, Tamika. (laughs) Really funny story. We didn't even realize this until after we recorded, but James and his wife, Tamika, both listened to the podcast and he actually recorded this as like a surprise and he didn't even tell her that he was recording this, which is so funny. But we figured out later that Tamika and I have connected on social media and her and I had had shared some messages. So <laughs> again, it's just it's such a small world. So they are an amazing family and I'm I'm so happy to welcome James on the podcast today. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well if you will kind of take us back sort of to the beginning. I know your son is still really young. Um, so you're still at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of like the early days and, and if you like when you started to maybe see some red flags, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, I was thinking about how I might talk about this and, and <laughs> probably the probably the easiest way is just uh, from the very beginning when we decided to have Alex. Um, mm-hmm. Alex is my son's name. Um, you know, he we, we planned him and and it was uh, it it. We, you know, we, we went through all the motions of that and, uh, the pregnancy was, was difficult. Um, just the, my, there was, uh, just my, my wife had a history of, uh, preeclampsia and some blood pressure issues. And so from my perspective, I really, 
it was really difficult for me. I really felt throughout the process, like I couldn't, couldn't help in the way that I wanted to, to kind of mm-hmm. keep things um, under control. But we were just really focused on getting him to um, term, you know, mm-hmm. with the pregnancy and, and, and getting, having a healthy baby. And he was actually a surprise in terms of the gender. We didn't, we didn't find out he was going to be a boy until he was born. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people try to try to uh, find out beforehand. And I remember, <laughs> I remember in the ultrasound, one of the later ultrasounds where they were doing the gender at the end of the ultrasound, the the tech had said she, and I was all upset because I thought like she ruined it. Right. Oh. You know? <laughs> uh, you know? And, you know, fast forward and, and we're in the, you know, the operating room and, delivering him and they have me stand up to call it when they deliver him and and uh find out it's a boy and you know there's just no there's no words to yeah best. logan was a surprise too actually we didn't find out yeah him. and we, we, we yeah. did find out with the girls but he was he was the first so i wanted a surprise and it, it really is like the coolest moment yeah yeah and my wife and i had decided you know there's not really that many surprises in life that that are this grandiose you know yeah. so why not why not and why not ride the ride and and be surprised and yeah. we're so glad that we did but you know i think secretly both we wanted a boy mm-hmm. um i mentioned beforehand before we started recording that uh i have a stepdaughter mm-hmm. uh, and so we you know and i've raised her since two three years old so oh, wow okay yeah so it's nice to have a little bit of both um yeah. and so when he came you know she was really happy it was a boy she wanted the experience of a boy and so did i and and that worked really good. And we were just and you know, he, he was full term. We worked really, really hard and we had some scares along the way, but we, he made it full term and he was a plan C section and and everything was good. And so that was that was just one journey on its own just to kind of get there. Um, and then, yeah. Um, and then so. So he's born and basically he, everything seems to be going OK um, for the first probably year. Um, but he did have GERD, which is like acid reflux. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he, we found out that he developed kind of an allergy to, to lactose. Um, and so he had a rough go of it. Um, you know, uh, we had to get special formula for him, mm-hmm. uh, really expensive. <laughs> special I heard that. Formula. I heard yeah. that formula is really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause hey, there's milk and based and then pro, uh, soy based. And then there's the lab based. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to get the lab based one, which was, you know, it's really pricey and, un, mm-hmm. you know, and, un, annoying, but yeah, um, we got, got him. Got to keep the kid alive. So <laughs> got, got him squared away. Um, and things started to normalize. And then, um, things things were going good and just really he was just so enjoyable for the you know the first year or two after we got him regular and on the formula and stuff it just things were clicking and things were into place and just everything everything that you kind of hope for with a young boy and baby he was just very engaged and and everything just seemed uh good and normal mm-hmm. and then um i would say probably around a year and a half. Um, he was a late walker, but we didn't really notice anything physically, but around a year and a half, my, my wife was connected with a lot of other, um, moms with young kids and like different things with the PTO for my daughter and stuff like that. And so she, um, was 
kind of just noticing other kids around my son's age. And just one day, I think she made a comment uh, last fall um, sometime that it was like, you know, um, I'm noticing other kids and they're, they're a lot, they're saying a lot more words, right. Mm-hmm. Than, than Alex is. And Alex probably had five words, mm-hmm. right. Maybe three to five. And they were just kind of approximations. They weren't even full words. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, and at first I was like, well, let's not overreact. Right. You know, we can kind of see how things go. I, I didn't really put it, put it down and, and, uh, deny it, but I was like, let's not jump to conclusions on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we let it, we let time go a little bit longer. And um, as soon as she said that, it was something in my head that maybe I just was blind to beforehand, but I started watching him differently and, and, and no, and just paying attention to him in a different way. And mm-hmm. I started to pick up on the same thing she did mm-hmm. in terms of the, the speech. So it was really a speech delay that kind of tipped us off. Yeah. Uh, something was going on. Um, and so um, we get, um, so I, I've heard you talk with other guests on the podcast about early intervention services and things mm-hmm. like that. So Arizona's got it. Um, and so we went and, and had him tested. Um, and at first he didn't qualify. Basically they said, given his age and all the, all the things he's slightly below average, but nothing that would qualify him for any earlier inter- intervention services. And they said, you're well, more than welcome to pursue like private therapy speech therapy and and stuff like that and you can reevaluate again in you know three months how old he was, point? he's probably let's see this uh 18 months maybe oh, he's pretty little yeah 18 19 months mm-hmm. and uh yeah um and so we decided to pursue the speech you know we weren't gonna wait we kind of you know you know call it the mom instinct or you know and i i trust her wholeheartedly you know she really felt something was off and we needed to take action so you know we jumped right in and and did that and mm-hmm. we started going to speech therapy and originally it was and that was probably at about 20 months mm-hmm. and originally it was like once per week and then after about a month and a half the speech therapy folks were saying hey we're not seeing the progress that we'd hope we want to up into a couple times a week uh, and then um, see if we can make more progress. And mm-hmm. that started to that started to help. And he started to to get um, kind of more familiarity with the routine, a couple new words, um, a lot of nonverbal communication. So uh-huh. hand signals for like all done and outside and please and more and mm-hmm. um, thing, you know, basic wants and needs and stuff. Um and then he went uh, in February was his well check or his yearly checkup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I remember the day. So I, I was at work and my wife called me and she's driving home and I could tell when, you know, something was bothering her. Basically at that checkup, the pediatrician was the one that said, you know, at this point, given what you're describing and given what I'm seeing, you really should, you really should think about getting him tested for autism. Oh, wow. And so it was the pediatrician that kind of told us. That um, is surprising to me. It, it, honestly, in a good way, because I feel like so often I hear from people where it's like, 
and for us too I feel like so often pediatricians are just like not very well versed on autism so I actually think it's it's I mean I'm sure it was difficult to hear um but I think that's really great that the pediatrician had enough like wherewithal to say like hey this I'm giving you a heads up yeah Mm -hmm. and I'm 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 glad they did you know at the time I was uh at the time it was like a kick in the face, you know, oh, yeah. but yeah. I remember, I, I remember when my wife called, told me I was on my way to like a meeting at work and okay. she told me, and I, I, I like walked in the elevator to go upstairs to the meeting and she told me, and I like immediately walked out of the elevator and like went into the break room area for like half an hour. And I just yeah. ditched the meeting and just like sat down in the chair and just like processed it. Mm-hmm. Was that like really surprising for both of you to hear, or was that at all like in your realm of? I think, I think it was. I think I, I think both of us had really kind of settled on. Look, he's got a speech delay, yeah. right? He's, you know, physically he's good. I mean, we have a trampoline at home, and he jumps like a jumping bean around, and he yep. runs around, and he's physically just no signs of any issue at all. Um, and so we we had kind of our understanding up to that point was just, Hey, there's a speech delay. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and so it was, it was surprising. I think, um, and I don't think we were really even thinking or throwing those words around mm-hmm. uh, or autism specifically. And um, since then, um, uh, you know, we've, we've done a little bit of research in our families and my wife has found that she's got a family history of it in her side really? of the family. That's and she had, she had no idea, right? These are these are all members of her family that are basically, um, I know you don't like the labels, but high functioning or just kind of independent. Uh, <laughs> well, I think what I really don't like is low functioning. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds so terrible to say like, yeah. oh, that person's low functioning. It's like, well, what does that mean? Like functioning in what way? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like when you say higher functioning, like I think that makes sense. I, I tend to say like more like, more support less support but i think yeah, there that, you go. so but sometimes it's, it's to, to make a, a point across high functioning is is a label that that we hear but like i said it's more low functioning that i take yeah. to that is yeah. so interesting though that it was in your family or in your wife's family and that that she didn't yeah. realize yeah. it because she because we started telling people and her family was like you know so-and-so is it has was diagnosed or mm-hmm. and she, and she, no i did not know that i just thought he was introverted right or i just thought he was kind of um in you know um aloof you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know so she really kind of light bulb came on uh in that regard so um yeah it it was like the wool was kind of pulled off our eyes and yeah we we saw things a lot differently after that um but the day uh was i'm sorry go ahead no 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 i was gonna say once once the doctor said that did you start to look at things different and think, oh, like there's also besides just a speech delay, there's like this and this too, or was it like still? Oh, yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's thanks for 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 bringing bringing that. <laughs> um, but I'm the host. So, like, yeah, the uh, so like I really like the blinders were really taken off. I saw, um, I noticed the lack of eye contact more. Um, that's a symptom of, of, or, or a tell of, of autism. I noticed the flapping. He does a little flapping. I noticed, um, the jumping that he was doing, I think was stemming more, um, to kind of regulate himself. And I realized that, um, 
the because we I didn't mention this before, but we, he had had regular issues with kind of t- tantrums, and we thought they were tantrums, but we're I think we're more convinced now that they were more kind of meltdowns, yeah, right, sensory mm-hmm. type of of things, which at the time we just really had no clue. Yeah, right? I mean, little you know, when a toddler is throwing a tantrum, it's 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 not difficult to say or it's not a difficult you know reach to be like oh you know they're toddlers they're having a tantrum until you put all these things together and then it's like oh this makes sense yeah 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 i remember a specific tantrum we had where we took actually took him to the urgent care because we were wrong with him because he wouldn't he couldn't calm down you know he would roll around he's crying for over an hour and just it was it was nuts and as soon as we got to the urgent care he calmed right down Oh my god! <laughs> and that was after the doctor saw him, you know. So yeah. it, it was, uh, um, I, I, all of these things that it was like, man, what, what was that, right? Yeah. Like, what it, it all just kind of came into focus um, when they said that, and um, yeah, and then you know, I, I've, I've heard you interview other parents, but it was a lot of the same, right? It was very emotional um, the first couple of days after hearing the diagnosis, we, you know, we're grieving and, yeah. but I, I am proud of both of us for really getting on the, getting back on the horse very quickly and saying, all right, what do we need to do? Right. And not yeah. staying in that place too long to kind of um, lose focus on, you know, what, what, what we need to do um, to, to get them going. Tell me though, what did the diagnosis process look like for you, especially because you're in Arizona and um, I don't think I've had anybody else in the podcast up until this. Yeah. Um, so the, it's funny. The day, um, the day of the diagnosis, uh, the, the only thing that I could do to like not completely break down is, is to like talk about it. Right. Because yeah. my coworkers were like, you okay? Right. You know, they, they noticed I was, I was pretty, you know, just kind of acting different. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of started talking about it. And I said, you know, uh, actually, we got a notification from the pediatrician and they, they wanted to get him tested for autism. So I, I got to start researching that. And right when I said that, two coworkers came around to my cube and they were like, hey, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but I over just overheard you. Uh, do you mind if I make some recommendations? And they apparently there's a um, there's a place here in Arizona called Sark. Mm-hmm stands for Southwest Southwest Autism Research Center. Oh. And they are specifically looking at trying to um, test new ways of um, detecting autism in younger ages, um, different therapies and different kind of blended classrooms to kind of encourage social immersion and things like that. And it turns out my coworker who has neurotypical kids is, uses them for daycare and they're, they're, his kids are part of the blended classroom with other autistic children to kind of encourage social play and interaction and those types of things. How cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said, you really got to check these guys out. Their, their hearts are in it. Um, you know, they're, they're on the level. They're, they're really good. And, yeah. and uh, you really should, should check them out, you know. Mm-hmm. We did. And they were super welcoming and. Um, they took him in and it was about a three hour long evaluation and they went through a lot of the tests that you've talked about with other parents, mm-hmm. but basically trying to gauge if, you know, how he responds to his name and how he reacts in certain activities, um, different um, nonverbal communication, verbal communication, um, eye contact, 
um, fine motor skill, gross motor skill. Um, and they did the, they did the testing and the scoring and mm. they uh, basically, <laughs> it was so funny at the, the day of the test, I was like, you know, I wonder if, I wonder if he's going to just be on the watch list. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's, it was still like, hmm, I wonder how big a deal this really is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I can say that now, but you know, um, at the time I was, I think the little bit of me was like, I wonder if it's, you know, premature and, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's on the watch list and mm-hmm. it's not as well. It comes back and they're like, we are 99 and a half percent sure oh. he's going to be on this. Okay. Like, they squashed that, you know, and, and put that in perspective right away. They were like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, especially uh, for you guys, especially because they, he had initially been turned down by early intervention. So right. I could see where, you, I, I, first of all, I think like every parent, even if you, if you are, yourself 99% sure that's what you're going to get you're still holding on to that 1% of hope that maybe it's not autism maybe that's right. crazy because it's like especially at that point you don't yeah. know up from down and you're just like holding on to anything oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah so I can understand. yeah the best the best analogy I can give you is just, it's like you're treading water in the ocean and you really just don't mm-hmm. you got you got no sight of land you know so it's just like you're just trying to Hang on. Yeah. Right. Actually, mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, so again, that, but surprisingly that one, the, so when they said, you know, like we're super sure he's on the spectrum, that one was not as much of a kick in the stomach. It was more like, okay. Right. Like it's, it's confirmed, right. It was almost like a second opinion sort of, okay. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it, it hurt a little bit. But not as much as like, I, th- I think the pediatric, for me specifically, the pediatrician uh, diagnosis was more of a kind of kick in the stomach That's just because I hadn't thought about it mm-hmm. be- before that. It was on our minds by the time he got diagnosed and he got, I've, I've heard stories of like long time windows for getting diagnosed. Um, we didn't. Right. So um, when he had his well check at 24 months, that was in February. And by I think early April, we had him tested. So about a month and a half, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the while continuing the speech and the occupational therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as we got the official diagnosis, though, they connected us to a bunch of state resources, the like a parent orientation class for like, here's what you should know, right? Like now that you've just recently got this diagnosis, here's what Arizona offers mm-hmm. you. That's great. And early intervention came back and we, we, we got them retested and, he qualified the second time. Okay. Uh-huh. And so we started doing that and they have really helped um, kind of help us kind of navigate the, um, the process for getting him. There's, there's a, uh, he's going to be going into school next year when he's three and um, kind of getting him established with um, state, uh, state assistance in terms of like um, a coordinator for that. And, and um all the things related to like um, um, justification for going into a special school that might be like out of the district that we're in. Right. Right. If we want to IEP stuff um, and uh, even connecting us with like uh, how to apply for like state assistance for um, things like ABA. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that nature. So they, they come to the house about once a week, but I'd say he, he gets more, he gets more impact 
really from from the regular speech and occupational that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And the early intervention has really helped us kind of navigate the the waters of insurance and and um, and paperwork and uh, and stuff like that. So um, the waters of insurance are very deep. <laughs> <laughs> and they're treacherous waters. They are. They are treacherous. <laughs> they are. Um, and just really complicated and annoying. Oh my god, uh, it's constant. But, uh, yeah, uh, we did, we actually yesterday or day before just got some really good news that he does qualify for some state assistance. So it was going to be it was up in the air, and I was going to just fund it privately, and mm -hmm. you know, all this money we we're going to set aside for everything that he needed, and you know, That's insurance awesome. is our only. The insurance I have is only going to cover a limited amount of speech and occupational and uh, ABA, and mm -hmm. we just found out, and we just found out that based on the eval that he just had, that he is going to get um, state assistance as a fallback when those when those insurances expire. So wow, that that is really good news. That's okay. That's great that Arizona offers that. I feel like yeah, state to state, it's so different. I live in Illinois, and we get none of that. So. Oh, yeah. by, by the way, uh, by the way, side note: I was born in Rockford. Oh so. my gosh, that's so funny! It's yeah. like I remember yeah. saying that, like back when you first emailed me. Yeah, my my husband actually works like out near Rockford. Where, did you did you just were, did you live there at all, or you were just born there? Yeah, I was I was there for my childhood, and then I spent um, a lot of my uh, teenage years in. New Mexico. And then when I became an adult, I traveled around to a couple states um, with my wife, met, met my wife up in Wisconsin, uh, and then ended up back down here in Arizona for my work. Okay. And, you know, um, but yeah, uh, originally from the Midwest and spent a lot of my time here. So <laughs> and yeah, I've, I, I th I've found out that Wisconsin's um, Wisconsin's process is hard to navigate too, in terms of yeah. I had a guest on recently from Wisconsin and, and they were kind of in a similar situation that we are here just with, but with them, it was like insurance was even more of an issue and they, thankfully they found a loophole. I can't remember the, um, the name of it, but there's some kind of program that you can apply for. And it's like a long wait list, but if you get approved, it will help cover expenses of, of it because I mean, you guys haven't started ABA yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so once you start ABA, you'll see like those charges rack up really quickly yeah. because ABA is so expensive. Yeah, that's what we were really scared about was 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 that. Um, he's actually going to get uh, brought in for an, an initial assessment to start that in about a week or two. Oh. So we're going to get started very okay. soon. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I I love ABA, and I feel like for for Logan, it's been like so it's been such a game changer. So I mean, like it's like it's so worth it. Um, but it's, it is really expensive. And even with insurance, like we're constantly battling and like going back and forth and trying to figure out, cause like they'll, they'll send me these bills that are like insane. Like I got one once for $27,000 and it was like, you owe $27,000. And I called them up and I'm like, lady, I don't have $27,000. Like, what do you have to do here? So thankfully, like it, and it, it typically like it gets it gets resolved, but then it's like once that gets resolved, then I have another one waiting for me. So it's just like always, yeah, like, yeah. I hope, and it it's better. it, yeah, it's uh, we, you know, it's 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 unknown, but for I know that I know that a lot of other moms that that have um, kids in the spectrum that my wife has kind of been coordinating with has said really the battle here in Arizona 
is fighting and getting the approval for the assistance. And we had to do quite a bit of prepping and quite a bit of research and really have our ducks in a row, right, to get to during the um, assessment for needs and, and stuff like that. Luckily, it's not income-based and it's need-based. I know there are some states that are are income-based that really kind of mess with people, but mm-hmm. Arizona luckily has a program that's needs-based and we had to do our research and make sure we had clear-cut proof and answers to a lot of the questions they asked about his capabilities and and what he needs help with and what he struggled with and mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, I, I feel hopeful that we've kind of gotten over a big hurdle there. Um, and uh, yeah yeah it's gonna help that's great so tell me because like you and I were before we started we were kind of talking about you know I mean you're still in like the really early days of this and I so often hear from parents who are like in that same position or they're you know just like I said just just seeking the diagnosis um I mean, obviously it's still so frustrating. It's still so new, but like, how are you processing everything? Um, uh, one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, is probably how I'd answer that question. <laughs> um, well, so I, I will say that, um, we're in a bit of a unique situation. So both of us, both my wife and I have had various interactions with, with health things. Right. So, um, she has had health, you know, um, health issues in, on her side of the family. And, and um, I myself, um, I was born premature. I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. So mm-hmm. I have, um, I have my own journey of, of uh, navigating the healthcare system and, mm-hmm. and, and that, that type of thing. And so um, that is really surprisingly turned out to be a blessing um, in all of it, just mm-hmm. because I'm able to kind of really rationalize and, and get, get, get to the core of things pretty quickly instead of, um, instead of kind of just, um, floundering around and searching for information. I do have a lot of just background and perspective on how, how it was as a child and how, you know, and my, and talking to my, my, my dad's past, but talking to my mom about how it was raising, you know, me with mm-hmm. special needs at the time she's great advice and, mm-hmm. and just I, I've luckily had a lot of perspective and exposure and experience around me to kind of help but it you know there are rough days oh sure. I would say um he has really been on a great positive upward trend the last few months um mm-hmm. more, more verbalization more sounds more language less tantrums like every, he is clicking um mm-hmm. as and it is getting easier but there are rough days. Um, and I, um, I remember after the diagnosis, there was one day, it was a really bad day. And, and, uh, it was a really hard day for me. Cause you know, if he just, there was one day I came home and it, uh, he was just so, I, I don't know if sensory overload or just kind of in his own world stemming or, or whatnot, but he just, uh, the only way I can describe it is he felt like, I felt like he was a million miles away. It wasn't even in the room. Yeah. And, and, in his own little world. And that, that was really hard. Um, so luckily those days are kind of few. Most days he's, he's clicking. Um, he's, he's very animated, smiley, you know, very happy kid. And and that, that's what I try to focus on. Yeah. Totally. Is that, you know, he's, his wants and needs are being met and he's a happy child. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as long as we're doing that, things are okay. Right. And we're doing the, 
we're doing the right things, but it, it does, um, it, you know, it has its ups and downs. There are days when I'm like, Oh God, you know, like what's, what's it going to be like when he's older. And, you know, I I think about, you know, how long am I going to be able to care for him? And, you know, does he need support and for how long and all those things. Right. Um, but so a lot of that goes, a lot of that goes through my head. And then, um, I had to actually, um, I had to actually just get over, I, I had feelings of just guilt with the initial diagnosis. Like, why didn't I see it sooner? He's um, so young. You guys saw it so soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still, you still kind of feel it, I guess, oh, you know, and, sure everybody does because i i mean i had those same feelings too but it's so crazy to me to think that you still felt that way even though like you had him diagnosed so young yeah 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 but uh and i i didn't stay that way for very long but you know and you know i certainly felt it you know that was that was probably the first couple weeks after the diagnosis or the after the pediatrician said it like you know why you know why did it why didn't i why didn't why did it take a pediatrician to tell me this? You know, why, why didn't I see it? Um, and so there was that. And then, um, I, for a period of time, I thought that, um, um, I thought that maybe like, um, I felt a lot really guilty for, I I lost my temper with him a couple of times, just getting frustrated during temper tantrums Mm -hmm. and immediately the worst parent ever. Right. When I found out, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was you know signs of autism because i thought it was you know, temper tantruming right yeah. and turns out, you know that it was more involuntary you know mm-hmm. and so i had a lot of like dad guilt in terms of like you know why didn't i have the patience and perspective to kind of you know i felt bad for losing my temper mm-hmm. certain times with him and mm-hmm. raising my voice or things like that you know yeah and i just immediately changed my approach you know mm-hmm. um really work to to temper my uh you know stretch my patience out and really <laughs> you know, it just it's amazing what 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 information can do for you in terms of helping you really process things better and and be more level-headed with stuff yeah um yeah. so interesting you say that because i I've had, I was having this conversation recently with a friend of mine because with with logan i feel like i have like an extra reserve of patience because I, I just know that, you know, when he's doing something like quote unquote bad, that it's like, I I mean, there's definitely times when he knows better, but it's also like, you know, he, there, there's also times too, where it's like, I I don't, I don't think it's clicking with him that like, Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. So I, like I said, I have this like extra reserve, but then like with, with my daughter, my three-year-old, like I, sometimes I feel so bad because I'm like, Oh, I like, I hold all that patience for Logan and then for her, like I can lose it so quickly. And it's you. So as a parent, it's like, you're always, you're constantly feeling that guilt (laughs) no matter what, one way or another, you, you find a way. Um, But I love what you had said about just kind of, you know, he's, he's happy and you guys are doing everything you can for him, which I feel like is that, that really is like the best that you can do. And like you said, focusing on him being a happy, healthy kid, like that, that is such a gift. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's what it all comes down to. You know, if that's kind of our benchmark of success on how we're doing, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's so many, it's so many, it's just a fire hose of information that comes at you. And it's like, 
you got to do all these things and these therapies and, and, you know, do all these, here's the process you've got to do. And you want to do this before he turns this age, right? And it can be a little bit overwhelming, but at the end of the day, you know, I think that's kind of our, that's, that's our sounding board for how we're doing, right? Is, is that he's, he's supported, his wants and needs are being met and he's happy. So yeah, um, the rest of it will come Mm -hmm. as time goes on. Yeah, and he is so young. Like you guys have, he's got his whole life. <laughs> you guys get to, yeah. get to bear witness to all that. Um, it's so yep. interesting talking to you because I feel like I, so most of my guests obviously have been moms. Do you feel mm-hmm. like is there is and I feel like so much of like autism the community is is moms. Do you feel like yeah. you're like I don't I don't even know the right word to use like do you feel like you're like a part of that or do you sometimes feel like as a dad, like it's harder to connect with that? Uh, it, it, it is, unless you know, families that, that have kids that have kind of walked the journey. Yeah. So there are a couple of, there are a couple of families that have, where the dads have reached out to me, like, Hey, if you ever want to talk, right. I, I've been through this, still going through this, but you know, would love to lend a listening ear or whatever. So there's, there, there are people that, there are dads out there and I'm sure you've heard as well, but I, I do think just even, even going to the speech therapies and it's there, I, I still get a feeling of like, Oh, you must be dad. You know, like, like it's, it's more of like a mom thing. Yeah, right. right. When I show up with the appointment right? <laughs> or, or I bring him, it's like, Oh, well, I'm, you're not, you're not his mom. Right. And it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> So uh, I I do think that there is still just sort of a oh God presumption, mm-hmm. right? That that it's 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 a it's a you know it's 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 really centered you know in the mom community, and for a large part it is. Um, but I mean, and the way our family's structured, I'm the primary breadwinner. I'm out of the house, and she's elected to stay home and mm-hmm. and uh, and and help with you know get him in, in into the school age, and and that those are the those are the tasks we've chosen. And so it is more of, of a, a more common sort of kind of breakdown the way our family's organized. But I don't, that doesn't mean at all that, uh, that I'm not, you know, intensely connected to, to um, different people in the community and understanding more about it and, and really plugging them into all the services and, and just dropping everything that I'm doing to step in and be where I need to be, you know. Um, but I do, I do think it is skewed towards kind of the, the moms, you know, society, society does kind of still have a little bit of a presumption, right. That the mom is, is, is carrying, you know, carrying the load. Right? Yeah. Uh, I think, and I try not to get, I try not to get offended by it because it's like, no, we're both carrying the load. Oh, yeah. you know, it's, For yeah, sure. you know, and it affects us equally, you know? Yeah. We're, yeah. In, in different ways, because I feel like there's there's things that like my husband processes and works through, and he's like, okay, I'm fine with that. Whereas like I might still be struggling, but then there's other things where I'm like, oh, you know, this isn't such a big deal, and then it's like he's struggling with that. So it's like you, I feel like yeah. you, you take on different kind of like roles, sort of, but it's like you're you're both you're dealing with the same thing. Yeah, I will say that my wife is just. It's, I feel, you know, my heart goes out to her because she's so, she's in it every day, right? Like, I hate to say it, but like the fact that I have to leave and go to work 
a couple, you know, I get to work from home a couple of days, but like half the week, you know, I'm away from the house. She is kind of in the thick of it eight hours a day, every day. Right. So like she is, it's much more potent for her. Um, and you know, which requires her to have, you know, um, a lot of patience and, you know, bless her heart. She does, you know, she's, she's amazing at what, you know, at what she does. But, um, you know, when I come home, you know, I'm primarily focused on what can I do to take the load off her and let me just soak my kids in and soak him in as much as I can to, mm-hmm. to, to help, you know, and, and you help, you help the best you can given the, given the situation that you're in. Yeah. Well, you both sound like amazing parents. You sound like an amazing dad. I mean, I, I feel like that that's, it's like, that should be the standard for dads sometimes it's not <laughs> so I do but I mean like I I, I parenting is hard no matter what so I, mm-hmm. I I love to hear that it sounds like both of you are really stepping up and just doing amazing which is awesome doing our best that's yeah. one well like you said the best one day at a time one day, yeah, one day <laughs> I feel like that advice works for for many things, but but autism definitely applies to that as well. Um, yeah. well. James, thank you so much for for being here and for sharing. And again, just like offering that dad perspective. And I like I said, listening to you, it's so funny because I feel like it it's just it really is the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like you might process things a little bit differently or like see things a little differently but it's like we as parents like we're we're all just like doing the best we can and we're all like working through it yeah and and i i i would say one you know one more aspect of it is if you are if you're not a single parent and you are married just the importance of leaning on each other as best you can Mm -hmm. you know and really leaning into each other um Mm -hmm. I'm generally not a very vulnerable emotional person but this has completely completely changed that yeah no, it's you have no choice but to make yourself vulnerable and and process and and go through these things to for the betterment of of everybody, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. self care and so that you can show up for your kids and do what you need to do. And so, um, one of the statistics that kind of really scared me during the original diagnosis was was you go through this one on one class and they talked about ninety percent of marriages with special needs end in divorce. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> my god I, I i looked at my wife and i was like that's a, that, oh my god that's right nice. you know yeah. and so we just kind of and we I, I talked to her about that i was like you know we we got to lean into each other as much as we can right mm-hmm. to 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 get through this right um and uh i would say you know just from a dad's perspective for any other dads out there you know don't don't deny it and don't wait right lean lean in lean in and do what you need to do to, to, um, get engaged and get moving and, and get, get educated and, and get the services you need going. Right. And, and, uh, understand that it's going to be a team effort the whole way through. Yeah. It's, it's not just a mom's job to, to handle that, you know, that's really good advice. Yeah. I think especially, I know I've heard that about the marriages too, when you have special needs. I mean, it's, it is really scary to think that um, 
And I think that, like, I can see totally because, I mean, like, marriage is hard regardless, but it's, like, put you know, all this stress on it and it's, like, a whole other level. So I can see it. But I, I was talking about this recently with a guest uh, where it's, like, I, I, I feel like it's really one of those things where it's, like, make or break. Like, it's either going to push together or it's going to push you apart. And exactly. yes, totally. And I feel like um, at least for, for me, for Manny and I, I think it really has brought us together because we have like, obviously, like when you have kids, you have a common interest of your kids. But it's like you also when you have, you know, a child with autism, it's just like there's this like extra level of like you you just want to like rally around your kid any way possible like we both are like so on the same team in that way that it's like helped us be on the same team in other ways yeah and i i i uh i I listened to some other podcasts and one of the ones i was listening to was um rob gorski's and he does autism dad he has his own handle out there and he did this whole episode about like your priorities right Mm -hmm. From, and, and, you know, priority number one, he said, self-care, take care of yourself. Priority number two is your marriage. Priority number three is your kids. And it, it seems counterintuitive, <laughs> but like those, those, those first two really feed into um, the third one, right? Like you've yeah. got to be able to up, right? And you've got to be able and you've got to have those other things in order so that you can pour yourself into your, your kids, you know? I always kind of laugh when I hear stuff like that because I'm like, I mean, especially, I I don't know. It's hard for me to think about putting like anyone, myself or my husband (laughs) before my kids. I think it's really good advice. I totally see where it comes from. I just know that like I there there's some things where it's like I talk the talk and I walk the walk. I definitely don't with that. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't either, right? Yeah. Like, it's one of those things. like my my wife is traveling right now with my son and uh it's like the first break I've had since in like six months. Yeah, right? you're like ready to and, <laughs> and so and like the only thing that I can think about is like what what do I need to do to like fix up the house and like do stuff for him (laughs) you know like i should be i should be relaxing right and i'm not but um but the the marriage thing like it's it's yeah i guess i guess the the thing that the thing that we're always trying to be mindful of is like if you spend so much time just completely focused on the child you look up and it's like you you've you've kind of lost um you've lost connection right with your your spouse and and you signed up for this thing together you know yeah and you're totally you've got to really devote that time you know and so um to towards that end you know i couldn't do it without my wife and and uh which you you told me before we started that your wife doesn't even know that you're recording this podcast (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) surprise So yeah, she listens though. She's not. She's not up to episode. I think she's in the thirties. Okay. She's like episode thirty somewhere. She's catching so up. She's gonna, she's, she's, yeah. She's catching up. Um, yeah, like, she's gonna she's, and be like, "What the heck?" Oh my gosh, I can't wait. You have to tell me what her reaction is. That's that's awesome. I will. I will. <laughs> All right. Well, James, this has been so much fun to chat with you, and thank you again so much for reaching out and for being the dad to be like i'm coming on the pod because i really appreciate it and any dad listening like guys hello i'm here i want you on the pod so reach out <laughs> yeah. and, and thanks for everything you do megan I, you know you were one of the first podcasts i found when i was trying to gain perspective on 
on things. And, and I know that's one of the things you were trying to set out to, to do. Right. Um, and you definitely did it for me. So it was, it was one of those things that gave me, um, you know, gave me some clarity and grounded me when I was, was really just kind of trying to figure stuff out. So keep doing what you're doing. I uh, really, really enjoy it. And thank, thanks for what it's done. That's so sweet. Thank yeah. you. All right. Well, you take care. Thank you. All right. It's been a pleasure. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with James. I had so much fun chatting with him and just hearing his dad perspective, which it's so funny because after speaking with him and then listening back to this episode, I feel like so much of autism parenting and parenting in general is so kind of skewed towards the mom, but we are all going through the same things, mom, dad it doesn't matter We're we're all kind of on this journey together. And even though we might process things differently or look at it differently, we're, we're dealing with the same stuff. So again, thank you to James for coming on to Mika. I hope you liked this surprise. <laughs> um, I do want to add too. I, I had talked to James after we recorded this just recently and his son, Alex has started ABA and he's a few weeks in now. And he said that it's going amazing and he is adjusting really well and making tons of progress, becoming more verbal, which is so exciting. So I'm happy to share that. And And dads, again, if you are listening, if you would like to share your story, I would love to hear from you. I just like having all the different perspectives on the podcast. I think it is very valuable. So hit me up. But like I said, mom, dad, whoever you are, if you have a story you want to share, let me know. I'd love to have you. So if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. And again, thank you so much for listening and for following along on this journey. Tomorrow is actually a big day if you're listening to this in real time when it comes out it's logan's first day of school he's starting first grade super exciting my daughter started preschool this past week so it's been a big week around here at casa de carranza um but that is all for now so until next time take care